Well, here we are just eight days before Thanksgiving, and there is a lot of talk going on on what is safe and what is um, responsible as how we celebrate Thanksgiving this year. I think I'm titling this podcast, The Apocalypse of Thanksgiving, because if you listen to some people, many people, um, we are going to bring death and destruction upon our family if we go ahead and celebrate Thanksgiving this year. So the question is, should we celebrate at all? Or are you safe as long as your numbers are less than five or 10? Are you safe as long as you have a mask on? Are you safe as long as you're passing the turkey out the window and eating outside? What is safe? What is not? I think as we tackle how to handle Thanksgiving responsibly, we need to look a little bit into the history of Thanksgiving. Now, what's interesting when we think about Thanksgiving, nearly all of what we know about the first Thanksgiving comes from a single eyewitness report. It was a letter that was written in December of 1621 by someone by the name of Edward Winslow, who was one of a hundred people or so that sailed from England aboard the Mayflower in 1620, and then ultimately founded the Plymouth Colony in Massachusetts. So everything that we have of the first Thanksgiving is from this one person. Now, William Bradford, who's uh, Plymouth's governor in 1621, about 20 years later, he addresses briefly the first Thanksgiving in, in his, uh, his account uh, that he writes of the Plymouth Plantation. But we don't know a lot about that very first Thanksgiving, but we do know some things. Uh, we know this, that uh, the first Thanksgiving did not happen on the fourth Thursday of November, as we always celebrate it today. Um, and it wasn't actually even called Thanksgiving. Um, in fact, the very first Thanksgiving took place over a three-day period. It was a three-day celebration that took place sometime either late September, um, as late as maybe mid-November in 1621. And it was considered a harvest celebration. Now, uh, the three-day celebration was more than just celebration of harvest. Um, there's also feasting, as, as we do in our Thanksgiving, uh, games, as we do in our Thanksgiving. But interestingly enough, military exercises uh, was included in that initial celebration. Um, and then, of course, probably a fair amount of diplomacy between the colonists and the Native Americans. Now, here's, here's the part that we need to focus on when it comes to the history of Thanksgiving and how we're going to be celebrating it, if we're going to be celebrating it. Now, there were just over 50 colonists that were believed to have attended that very first Thanksgiving. Um, we know that 22 men did um, and four uh, married women. And then more than 25 children and teenagers. So 22 men, four women who were married uh, to those men, and 25 kids were the ones that celebrated. Uh, 50, 50 colonists of 100 that came over. Now, why were only 50 people celebrating Thanksgiving? Because the other 50 were dead. Half of everyone who made the voyage and had to deal with disease, and then ultimately the, the first harsh winter in America, um, they died. In fact, it hit women the, the hardest 
of the original group when 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 the epidemic of disease swept through the colony um killing almost half of the people who who came across from England some 78% of the women who made that voyage died during the first winter so it struck women harder than it did men or children but yet what did they do they gathered and they gave thanks between winter and the 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 epidemic of disease half 50% of all people died yet they found reason to give thanks and they did not out of fear of continued illness and disease not get together and celebrate now here we are in 2020 and we still don't know the real death rate of covid but seems somewhere like a very bad outbreak of the flu, maybe about a half of 1%. And all the calls are going out that we should just skip Thanksgiving this year. That if you care about this country, that if you care about your family, if you care about your kids, your great kids and great grandkids and in the future of mankind itself, for heaven's sakes, do not celebrate Thanksgiving this year is our message because potentially a half of 1% that gets sick from COVID will ultimately die of it. How different is that than the attitude of the first colonists to America where when 50% of them died from disease and that first winter thought it a good idea to gather together for a three-day festival, a three-day feast of games, of, of feasting, of celebration, of military exercises, of hanging out with the Indians, that it was still a good idea to do that, to give thanks. You know, we, we've been trained that the only thing that's really safe to do nowadays in groups is to potentially protest and to celebrate certain political victories. Everything else is dangerous. Walking past someone in the grocery store is dangerous. Going to church is dangerous. You can celebrate Thanksgiving, some of the governors say, but just don't laugh. Just don't raise your voice. You will kill someone if you do that. And by all means, when you're When you're not shoving food in your mouth, make sure you've got your mask on. Which is interesting in and of itself. This whole country has basically been under a mask mandate for months upon months upon months. And we have a highest rate of of the disease, or or I'm sorry, of the virus than, than what we've ever had. My daughter's school's been shut down for the last week and they all require masks the entire time that they're there. Really how well do they work and do they keep you safe and is that what is going to keep your thanksgiving celebration safe um i would think not i would rather put my hope and trust in god rather than that piece of cloth our great governors of california and new york in their wisdom have shared with us in fact they've mandated just how many people you can celebrate with outside 
to be safe. The governor of New York has instructed the police and sheriff departments to go around and where they see potentially more than 10 people gathering to issue fines and if need be arrest and put people in jail. Thankfully, I know at least in a couple different counties in New York state, the sheriffs had said, no, I don't think so. Because the governors would have us feel that unless everyone's eating outside and having their masks on and not laughing and not shouting and not passing the the, the, the turkey and stuffing through the window that everyone's gonna die. That's not the that's not the case. That is not reality. That has not been reality throughout this whole thing. That is how we get controlled. That is how the people that are producing the vaccines are gonna get rich because the government and the corporations have scared us so much that we're afraid to celebrate Thanksgiving. And they want you to be scared. They want you to be scared to death because they want you, in fact, they're going to try to mandate you to get the vaccines of something that will kill maybe one half of 1% of people, force you to take vaccines. Why? Because that's how these companies make the money and that these companies turn around and funnel it back to the politicians. And it's all done through fear. My mom just came in yesterday from New York. She asked what she needed to do when she came to Texas. And I'm like, mom, this is Texas. You don't need to do anything. Just get off the plane and come home. She knows that when she goes back to New York, she is going to be required to take a COVID test two days before she gets on the plane and another two days after she gets back. And after paying for those two COVID tests, if they're both negative, then she will be allowed to move around this great state of New York. And if she chooses not to, in New York State, they will check on you every day for 14 days. And if you don't answer your phone when they call, or perhaps even the door when they knock, you will receive a substantial fine that I've heard is up to $1,000 on an old lady, a senior citizen, who's just trying to visit her son, and his family on Thanksgiving. This is the world we live in, one in which we fear the apocalypse of Thanksgiving, one in which we fear one half of 1% of people who get it might potentially die, when once again, in the 1600s, the early 1600s, with a 50% death rate, They gathered and they gave thanks. I don't know how society survives. I know how we survived in the 1600s. We survived because we weren't wimps. We survived because we we weren't we were brave. We survived because we weren't afraid of dying. We weren't afraid of working hard. We weren't afraid of living. And so you you just push through. And you know what? You are all the stronger because of it. But in today's world, we are so insulated. We're so scared. We're making a human race that when a strong breeze blows in the future, we'll just lay down. I remember hearing um, a devotion many years ago. 
And the guy that wrote it talked about Mr. Wilson's trees. And the guy that wrote it, he talked about the fact that he would pamper his trees. When they were young, he'd cover them up when it was going to get cold. When it would get windy, he would stake them down so that they wouldn't bend. He'd fertilize them. He'd water them. He'd pamper them in every way possible. But his neighbor, Mr. Wilson, wouldn't do any of that. He wouldn't stake down his trees. He wouldn't water them. He wouldn't fertilize fertilize them. He wouldn't pamper them. In fact, whether this was an analogy or not, I think it wasn't. He said that he saw Mr. Wilson out there beating his tree with a newspaper one day. And so he went over next door and he asked, what are you doing to your tree? And the guy's answer is, listen, I'm just toughening it up. And the author of this devotion, he said that many years later, he drove back by the house in which he lived, in which he raised pampered trees. And guess what? His pampered trees were no longer there. But Mr. Wilson's trees that were not watered, that were not staked, that were not fertilized, and that were beat regularly with a newspaper still stood and stood strong. I think a lot can be learned from that. I wish for us all to be a little bit more like Mr. Wilson's trees. I wish for us all to be more like that first Thanksgiving in 1621 where people learned to be tough. People learned to stand up through adversity and people survived and they conquered and tamed an untamed continent. Sweeping across this country, facing all kinds of hardships and all kinds of difficulties. These first settlers that did not have an easy life had the strength that it took to be able to form what would become the greatest country ever on the face of the earth. And I'm standing here today getting ready to celebrate Thanksgiving in eight days, wondering, are we the same country as what we were in 1621? I don't think so. Are we capable of, of, of doing what we did as we swept from the east to the west across the Americas? I don't know that we're capable of that anymore because we've been made soft. We live in fear. We run from adversity. We are afraid of Thanksgiving. I encourage all of you, do not be afraid of Thanksgiving. There will not be an apocalypse of Thanksgiving in your house. 
with all things, I'm not saying what's going on isn't real, but with all things, you deal with reality and you deal with it responsibly. But digging a hole and hiding in it and being afraid to live, being afraid to die, and being afraid to overcome adversity and actually become tough is never a good thing. So for the future of your family and for the future of the church and for the future of this country, please celebrate Thanksgiving. Thank you very much.